This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life in business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hey everyone, welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast. I am still your host, Michael Seip. Today I'm excited to have Jake Dooley, CEO of Local Vest. They are a veteran investor network. And Jake comes to us. He's a former Exxon employee where he helped in operations, supply chain management and procurement. And so today he takes some of that expertise and leverages that to help grow the investor networks within LocalVest and helping create continuity and more importantly, provide the leadership for a really great organization. Jake's a former submarine officer and a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. And so Jake, glad to have you on the show. Welcome aboard. Great, and I'm excited to be here as well. Good. Well, Jake, um, tell us a little bit about Local Vest and the nature of the industry and what you guys were trying to bring when you started that. Great. So, Local Vest is all about taking veteran led companies and finding them investment capital for their opportunities. So, that could be a very early stage startup, it could be a real estate syndication alternative investments. There's also some funds out there, just anything where someone needs capital for their business. We're hoping to even push into perhaps funding some small businesses as well, which is a pretty popular topic now. But what we end up doing is, is we, we make a place online with our tools and software that they can put all of their information, like a deal room, right? And then as people interact with that deal room, you're able to see who downloaded a video, who scheduled a call, who essentially interacted with that out, out on that website. And then that gives you information as you're trying to take someone from a prospect to a lead to actually make an investment. You have the tools to be able to, to follow like a CRM, right? You, you have that in the background. And then the other thing that we're able to do is promote on our network. And so we have a lot of different ways that we can put your information out there. Everything is driving towards bringing leads to you. So we are not a registered broker dealer on purpose. We are more of a marketplace, right? So what that means is when you come in, we are trying to match make. So we have a bunch of people who would like to invest in veteran led companies. And so when you make that match, you go off and do that. We are not handling the money. We don't do a commission base. It's all about making the, the match. And we have a fee structure that is set up to help promote you and get you out there and be able to make investments. Wow, great synopsis, and I love that service you guys are providing. So tell me a little bit more. What did you see in the industry that sort of caused the, the impetus to create a company like this? So I am not the original founder. The, the founder actually is still with the company to go through, but I became the CEO in January. But the original focus when it started was to be able to have that software piece, right? So a place where you could put all of your information, share it, and then, as I said, take someone from a lead to actually closing them. But then there's this part of that came in here. I was like, well, what if you're able to do that and make groups and bring people together by location or affinity group? And we figured out very early on that the military affiliation, that affinity group is huge and there's a big hole there, right? So people says, I want to invest in veterans, but how do I find them, right? 
And so that's what local vest does. And, and so to be able to have this place where you can go and know that when a company pops up in the feed, that that is a veteran-led company in some form, I think that's amazing, right? And that's really what, what drove me to want to do it more than the software piece itself. It's how you can help out veterans in a way that no one else is able to do and find each other. And then I've had conversations with people, the technology we've had the last like five or 10 years to really be able to connect with each other in ways that we never had. I mean, I've personally used the platform before I got here and I have invested with Army. I invested with Navy. I have invested with Coast Guard now. I think I finally got a Coast Guard one in there in the Air Force. I'm getting all of them in there, working on the Merchant Marine, and we get in there. But it's just great to be able to go in and, and have a way to, to interact with the community in a completely different way. Yeah, that's really cool. And as a CEO now and, and seeing that mm-hmm. growth and seeing that development and seeing the service that you are providing actually make a difference, um, it's got to be reassuring. How, how true is that for you? It's extreme. I mean, that that's the thing that makes it, right? If you talk about the thing that's the that gets you going every day, I really like the aspect. I'm not just out trying to make somebody's investment number higher, right? Their return that they get it has this other purpose as well as to help out a veteran, right? And how do we make our networks? It's someone who's maybe spent their entire career in the military and then has a business idea and goes, how do I even start that we can help make that happen? I mean, that's absolutely amazing. I mean, that's, that is an, a great motivation that, that I didn't have before in, in any of my other jobs. It's almost like yeah. going back to the submarine, right? When you get <laughs> a higher purpose than yourself, right? Yeah, no. Well, it's great to hear what people you know motivates people, and I, I I love that perspective you have. And I was I was thinking about it. One of the things that came to me was the idea that you've got a network, right? And so in business, we're taught like, hey, you got to build your network. And most people think of that as a lead opportunity, like, hey, I can get some leads through my network. But what I'm hearing is you guys are actually building a community, uh, and obviously it's centered around veterans, but it's a community where, like you said, you can make that connection. And, um, and so there's almost an animus or a spirit behind it. Cause I've been on some of the calls too. And you can sense that it's like, it's a camaraderie thing and it doesn't matter what service you're from. I mean, there's obviously some banter sometimes, but, but like, there's that aspect of, of being able to have a community you can go to and feel like, Hey, I'm a part of this. This is cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good. So as a CEO uh, mm-hmm. and in and, and prior experience as well, um, sometimes we have our ups and downs or our highs and lows. And so how about if you could share with us and the listeners here a little bit about maybe a high you had and what was the story behind it? Like what led up to it and then, and why was it so significant for you? I, the biggest one that we had, you know, as we we get together as a team, we talked about that higher calling about what we're doing. We have had a few companies that have come in in fairly, you call them dire straits. Like they are at the tail end. Like if I don't find funding, we're not going to be able to survive. And there have been a couple of them that have really stood out to me. There was one actually last summer that started that way. We came in and goes, if this doesn't work, I think I'm I'm going to fold up here, right? And they had a lot of time that they had put in this, a really great tool. And they came to us and as a team, we were able to go through and actually find a way. We got them to a lead investor, made some more connections. They were on one of our calls, had a few investors that came in that way. And just have it be like, 
you did it right that that was it and now they're on their way and there's so much work they've been doing it's like they needed that little kickstart and to know that we made that that kickstart like i, I was on a phone call with someone earlier this week with the venture capital it's like oh yeah we invested in them like, really i had no idea i had no no idea you know that now it's it's just started that that snowball effect right and sometimes all people just need is that little push i love i love when we're able to do that for companies and so it's kind of like you keep looking for that high you keep looking at you know can i help somebody solve that problem of just getting their foot in the door and sometimes that's hard on the veteran side what to do but there's a lot of people out there trying to do that how do i get started Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the startup phase is so challenging, and then and then you run into these roadblocks of like in this case running out of funding. So uh, that's a great example, and it it also is kind of like I'm I'm listening to it. And I'm thinking, wow, you've you've got some momentum going there, and and that momentum builds, and so you're looking for hey, who can we help solve next? And uh, and that's a that's great, exactly right. great that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, cool. That's a great company to be a part of, I would think. Um, so, so you know, the the that's the upside, right? We we have these great moments, and it and it was it is what gets us out of bed. But um, either with this company or another time, uh, tell us of a story where you've had a challenging experience and it just drained you, or just was a huge blow, and and then how you came out of it. Absolutely. So before, as I said, I started as CEO in January but been doing work before that right and there was there was a project that we wanted to get underway we were going to make a course and part of what we we're going to do with making that course was i mean it was just beginning to end create the course find people to be in the course this was going to lead to further lead generation right so this whole thing looked out and so had the plan of what we we're going to do it started off great there was a lot of interest and my, it, it completely fizzled. I mean, like the interest level was we just got like a, a few people that were interested. We needed it to be more like a dozen to be able to do the course. So we didn't even get the course off the ground. And it was out publicly. We had promoted this, right? Sent that out to the entire network. And it didn't work, right? It's like, and, and I can tell you, it's like demoralizing when you, you think you've got this plan on what in the world you're going to do. And it completely just flops on you. And so... You know, negative. I, the other way to get out of it was instead of just looking at the tail end of saying, okay, these were the ends that I was looking for. I'm like, I want a course that has this many people and it's going to lead to all this. Is really going back, I'm like, what did I think was going to happen? Right. And as I start new projects, trying to make sure we say that, I'm like, look, these are all tests. We have no idea. Like, we are going out, we are marketing things. We do not know what people are going to be looking for. And so we got to put down on, on paper and have a discussion. Like, hey, I think this is what's going to happen. And if it starts to happen, it could be a great success. And goes, we expect it to be a success to actually talk through what do we learn from this? Because if you don't learn from it, it's going to be anything. So the only thing that can get me out of the hole is like, okay, what did I learn from this? And the more times up front, it's like, write it down, set it aside work hard for the project and go to that, do what I thought it was going to do. Did I get lucky in spots? Did there some pivots that I made that, that were great? And the more time we can do that, the better off we can be. So that's the only thing that gets me through. And the, the other thing too, that kind of add in here, it's slightly different, but these, these things is we make these projects that are so long, right? I mean, there's so many moving pieces that 
the the motivation to to start you know you get a bad week in there right like no phone calls come through no progress is made something completely falls apart and you're like is this is this project done and really it's just like you just had a bad week right you had a bad bad step in this so being able to break it down and actually say that these milestones that you can meet has made a huge difference right i always think back when when i was in the navy it was like getting my qual card done. It's like, oh, I got to get 300 signatures. I'm like, no, you just need to do like two a day. You do two a day, you're, you're rocking, right? You, you've you got this down. And so the more you focus on like, look, if I just get these two a day and I set these steps up for myself, then yeah, I can have a bad day and have zero, but it just means I know we're going to catch up. And I'm not just saying like, this is all or nothing on that end project. It's all the steps along the way. And then it, it makes it fun. That's the other part, too, is if you don't make the process and the journey of getting there fun, then your chance of success are going to be so tiny. Yeah, great, great insight. And the perspective you, you talk about there of am I looking at the end goal and worrying about the end goal or am I just biting off what I can chew on today? And and if it's a setback, OK, but it's only a partial setback. Um, rather than going like, oh my God, the sky's fallen. Uh, we, we didn't make it, made our end goal because you weren't checking it along the way, or you weren't, um, you know, just appreciating the achievement you had made. So, you know, if you were saying that call card, like 300 things, right? So if you have got 50 of them done, well, great. You got 50, holy cow. You know, that's pretty awesome. So, so yeah. it's that, but you don't, the other perspective, right? Is that, well, I don't have 300 yet. Yeah. Okay what are you going to look at that you don't have 300 or are you going to look that you do have 50 and you have a nice plan in place. So that's, right. that's a great, great insight. You know, the flip side to it too, though, is at least when I did the card, I knew there were 300. I'm like, we're doing these things. We have no idea how many, <laughs> what you need to do. Right. Yeah. And so when you break it into steps too. It also lets you pivot. I mean, we're, I mean, we're in the middle of it now. You look and you start and like, okay, this is the metric we've been tracking for the last six months. Things aren't going right. And like, you know, is this the right, is this the right thing to track? Because it's also defining what activities we're doing. And so how else do you pivot, right? And when you're starting out and it's small, the only way we make these pivots is to actually break it up into smaller pieces. And then you see something, you learn something new, like this is really working. Then you know you can actually move, right? So you can have that down day and goes, okay, if, you know, what can I learn from this? Where can we go? And maybe right. you change up your entire plan and end up in a completely different place, in a better place than you you ever thought you would be before you started. Yeah, great, great point. Uh, at SAB, like we talk about how small bills business typically doesn't have access to capital. Now, I know you guys are helping with that, but they don't have that access to, ca to capital to make those major changes. They have to do what we call micro pivots. Right. And so if you have that assessment process in place a little bit along the way, you can go, oh, well, this part's not working right now. Maybe we need to pivot. And, and I think that's a huge, huge lesson for small business because that is the challenge is like, when do you, when do you, how do you evaluate your progress? How do you assess along the way so that you don't get to the end and are, are totally set back? Good. Well, uh, Jake, uh, you've shared some stories personally as in your work in this line of work right now, but I'm curious. Uh, on the military side, uh, do you have any stories that would be valuable? Because I, I, we always like a good sea story. Oh, you got to have a good story. Yeah. So I had, so I said with submarines, right? And I had the privilege of working on, on a couple of really good captains. And so they went off on to become admirals. And um, there's, um, 
Probably go when you're the officer of the deck. So I got trained under the first one, they relieved in the middle to go through. So train on the first one. And the way it works as officer of the deck when you're running a submarine, of course, is the captain is in charge. And there are evolutions that are so important that the captain has to, to give the call to do it. So think like diving the ship, surfacing the ship, going to periscope depth, transmitting a radio message, starting the reactor, of course, launching weapons. But I'm talking just the basic evolutions that put the ship at risk. So the way that you do that as the officer of deck is you call the captain, the captain comes in the control room, you go through a litany of all the things that he needs to know, and then you say request permission to dive the ship, right? So that is the normal way he goes, you have permission to dive the ship, right? You request permission to go. So the second captain arrives, I'm trained as officer of deck, and he says, hey, the next time you do this, I don't want you all to do that anymore as junior officers. I want you to tell me all the things, just think out loud, all the things that are going through your mind that you think you would want to know to do that next evolution. And then you tell me what you're going to do. And if I don't like it, I'll tell you no. Otherwise, it's your ship. All right? I'm like, okay, but let me tell you, okay, you're in the control room. All the crew, you know, like the, all the, the watch standards are there. You start going through that knee of all the things that you're thinking through in the mind. The captain's just there and he's listening. And it gets to that key moment and you say, I am diving the ship, right? So no longer ask permission. He says, very well. And he just walks out, right? He goes, that's good. I was like that feeling as, you know, what, early 20s to go through and you've got 24 missiles. You've got a nuclear reactor about 200 crew on this multi-billion dollar submarine. I'm like, oh, goodness, I just did this. Now, is it drastically different? No, but it's that idea, that mindset. It's like, this is this is not me asking permission from a person. It's like, I'm doing it and he's advising. And it's a lot like work. I mean, we don't have to ask permission to go do things. We're out there. It's like, we just need to go do it. People are there to advise you, but that ownership structure, it was an amazing feeling then and it still is now. I'm like, we all need to go and do that. And you're going to ask permission. You find out all the information you can, you talk with advisors about it, and you go. And I love that that perspective that he gave, that little tweak of things, like that complete ownership on there was just some it was an amazing feeling. It still sticks out. You know, that was 20 plus years ago uh, that we did that. But that that was an amazing feeling. Yeah, I bet that was an amazing feeling. Very empowering, it sounds like. Yeah, it's completely empowering. And so I know every time you can get that that opportunity of people to empower them, it goes, no, this is yours, right? So if you got some money, you hired them, like you hired them to do, like let them go and give them that empowerment and, and try to try back out and give them permission to go and do that. And I think a lot of times you'll be surprised, right? In a good way, good surprise. Usually it is a good surprise. Yeah, right, right. And and I'm sure you've seen it as well. Typically, a you know business owner, if they started out themselves then they own the company. They feel that responsibility. And so when they start hiring people, there's that tendency to be like the first captain you talked about, where it's very command and control and hang on, and you can't do anything until I approve that you can do anything. And, and so that's the tendency a business owner will have if they've owned that baby, right? And they don't want to give up. But, but when they learn that, yeah, if you can trust your people and empower them, then if you play a mentor role rather than a command and control kind of role, then, then now you're building some autonomy in your company, freeing up your time as a CEO or business owner so you can do the strategic stuff 
you'd need to do. And uh, I think that's a very valuable lesson, even though it's military. I think it's super valuable for uh, anybody who's who's in the business space and has created their own business and wants to know how to lead a little bit better. So thanks mm-hmm. for bringing that topic up. That's really absolutely, good. absolutely good. Well, Jake, uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about you beyond how you've, you know, d- helped. Uh, beyond how you've done uh, ups and downs in your business. So tell me a little bit about if you could meet anybody deceased or living, who would that be and why would you meet with them? Uh, you know, so I thought about this and I was going to link the, 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 the public figure, right? And like if I go through and like, you know what, actually the person I'd really like to meet is actually someone in my family from back in the mid 1850s. And I think about this at the mid 1800s. So, you know, you always, a lot of people say, I want to go back to a family member, but there's this one lady, she was in Germany and she got pregnant out of wedlock and something made her leave. Right. And I don't know quite what it was, but if you think about that, you're, you're in the place that you grew up, it's the mid 1800s. So it's probably the only place she's ever been. It wasn't a war going on to go through. I don't think it was like you, you need to leave something triggered in her mind says, my opportunities are elsewhere. So I'm going to get on a boat, went to the United States, and somehow she got from most likely, I don't know where exactly she landed, but somewhere in New York, and somehow got to the middle of Missouri. And probably all she had was someone like, hey, I know some people who went, and I assume when I get there, things will be okay. Or you know, a few people like that little letter that says like, hey, they know my family, so I'm sure I can make ends meet. But she had no idea. And somehow got herself there to go through. And that that idea that she left and did that, right? And that 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 son of hers that she had ended up in the community where I grew up, you know, in the late 1900s to go through, right? It, he started a, a brick foundry. There was a flour mill that the family had. All of a sudden, like the, the church that I was baptized in had bricks that that family had made. I'm like, this is amazing. So I would love to go back. And talk to her is like that that idea that someone throwing everything out, all the social norms that they knew, all of the the way life works, all went out the window. It's like I'm gonna just figure this out. That is amazing bravery that like I can't even contemplate that type of bravery that that it takes to be able to do that. And there's a ton of people, I guess almost all of us who are here in the US that that happened, right? Someone said. I need to change up what I did do, right? I would love to go back and talk to those people. And of course, there's new people coming in every day that have that. But those are the amazing people because it's a hard time for me to contemplate what that truly feels like to start over fresh. And part of me wants to just go back and tell her, I'm like, hey, we all did okay. <laughs> right? As a family, I would be loved to show you like, oh, I'm glad I'm glad I did that, right? So uh, I, I'd, I'd love to go back and just hear that story. And, uh, and then just to say, thumbs up, I thanks. Thanks for doing that because um, we're all probably in a better place than than we would have been if you had stayed. Yeah. Oh, that is a really interesting perspective and story, Jake. I'm glad you shared that because I'm hearing like pioneer, like the true sense of, of um, that pioneering spirit launching out into the unknown and, and to be able to go back and go, hey, you did good. It is. And I, I, I talked, you know, and I talked to it. It's, it's the interesting perspective because part of you feels like when you're in a, when you're in a place, right. Whatever that happens to be of the area where you grew up. So for me, it's like 
the family was there and the, the people are all buried there, right? So that history, or it could be that even as simple as, as you've been with the company for a long time or with an organization, and it's like, I don't know if I want to leave. But that that feeling, as I said, I felt bad about that. Like, is it right for me to leave? I should stay for this. But it's actually that feeling, too, of, you know, a, a lady told me once she had come from Mexico and goes, hey, that's that's what they had to do. But don't forget the lady who left. Don't forget the family member who goes. And so maybe that's you that you need to leave the organization where, you know, where you're from and you need to be that pioneer. And that's okay too, because those pioneers, that person you're looking up to, like they made a choice to leave. They didn't stay. And so sometimes that's what your life calls you to do is you need to switch up what you're doing and and be different. Right. And so, yeah, that's that energy going to dig down deep to figure out, okay, I, I can do this and I can start fresh. And honestly, human beings, we, we can, right. We have way more resilience than, than we give ourselves credit for. Oh man, what some great life lessons you just shared there, Jake. That's that's wonderful. And um, you know, there are a lot of people I, I come across at my own work where they're considering a career change, or they're and they they feel stuck, and and so they do have to, in a, in a sense, be brave and and jump out into the unknown and and be that pioneer that leaves or um, or just starts afresh in something new that that really is something important to them. And uh, whatever it is that motivates them, so finding that is a is a is a great challenge. But once you find it, man, you can go and be that pioneer on anything. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jake, uh, if people want to get a hold of you of Local Vest, uh, how can they do so? So we have our website is localvest.com, and you can write me and you can send me an email. It's Jake at localvest.com, but you can find Perfect. us there online. All right. Awesome. Well, Jake, thanks for being on the show today. Really enjoyed having you on here. And uh, final, final point, go Navy. That's right. Go Navy. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.